0: We are in John chapter 4, last week we were in John chapter 4 and we did the first uh, 26 verses Uh, and tonight we are going to do uh, another grouping of verses and we're going to end in probably verse 42, we're going to pick up verse 27, we're going to end in verse 42 but just a little review from last week, we talked about um, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, how Jesus had living water and what living water is all about Uh, And we saw some conversion that was going to be taking place She realized Jesus was Messiah um, When he said, I am he And uh, so something's going to happen that's really cool Uh, And I kind of prepped you guys a little bit for it last week when I said um, She was going to do some amazing things in her city And uh, Jesus was going to preach, he was going to stay there, they liked him a lot and uh, the seeds were going to be planted so that when Philip in the book of Acts uh, comes to Samaria, there's great revival in the land. And so, uh, read with me if you will, or follow along. Um, John chapter 4, verse 27. You guys all there? Let me know by saying holla. holla. Anyone there? Anyone not there? Let me know by saying hold up. Look at that, we're almost all there. That's good. I hear a really like high-pitched buzz. You guys hear that? Uh, John, do you mind on the back of the sound system just flipping that switch off? Uh, That buzz will go away. Everyone listen. On the back, by the plug. Nice, it's gone. There we go. Alright, so, uh, verse uh, 27 of chapter 4 of the book of John, and it says this, And at this point point in time, his disciples came and they marveled that he had talked with a woman, yet no one said what do you seek or why are you talking with her the woman then left her water pot and went away into the city and said uh, and said to the men of the city come and see a man who told me all the things I have ever did could this be the Christ could this be the Christ, let's pray Dear God, we just thank you so much for your word. Uh, God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, God, and we just pray that, uh, God, tonight your word would speak to us. Uh, God, that as we spend these next few minutes uh, looking at what your perfect word has to say to us. uh, God, the perfect law of liberty, that we would be changed from the inside out. God, that it wouldn't just be a surface change. Uh, God, just like those who are baptized this afternoon, God, um, it is a public. It is an outward um, profession of an inward change. Uh, God, we pray that tonight your word would change us from the inside out, uh, God, and that we would have an experience with you, uh, God, that we would have, um, God, just some inspiration from you. God, we pray that your word would challenge us uh, and inspire us and would encourage us. God, we pray that any of these words uh, that would be of me uh, God may they just fall on deaf ears Or I may not be able to get them out of my mouth uh, God but we want your perfect word uh, To come through So God we thank you and we praise you In your son's wonderful and beautiful name Jesus Christ and all God's people said Amen Amen. 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 I always hold the water bottle And I never drink from it So I'm actually going to drink from it right now And then I'm going to set it down okay. well, well, amazingness. Mm-hmm. History has been made tonight I drink from the water bottle that's awesome. Alright, so some crazy things have already happened uh, in these first few verses we read. And I told you we were going to get all the way to verse 42. Um, but we have to just point out a few things. It says, at this point, the disciples came and they marveled that he, being Jesus, talked with a woman. The disciples marveled at this. Okay? They've already seen him turn water into wine. They've already seen him baptize a bunch of people. But here we see the disciples marvel that Jesus is talking to a woman. Ooh. Okay. In our day and age, it's commonplace to talk to girls and girls to talk to guys. But if you remember, last week I said, uh, this was kind of not a good uh, or or the normal thing. Guys didn't talk to the girls if they were rabbis or really orthodox Jews. You don't talk to women during the daytime or out in public. And uh, Jesus did let alone talking to a Samaritan woman. That's even crazier. Um, And none of the disciples had the courage to ask Jesus, uh, Jesus, what are you doing talking to a girl? Um, And then the very next verse it says, The woman left her water pot and went away into the city and said to the men there, Come and see a man who has told me all the things that I have ever did. Could this be the Christ? Uh, Now something I just want us to mention, and this is another uh, another sermon. Uh, It's a long sermon. It's a good sermon, uh, but it's not for tonight. Uh, This woman, what does she do? She went to the watering well to get water, water, Water. right? Okay, Jesus says, I will give you living water, and you will never thirst again. What does she do when she goes back to the city? She leaves Her her water pot. She drops everything. She drops what she thought she was supposed to be doing, and goes and tells people about Jesus. That's a good reminder to us as followers of Christ, right? Uh, Because the cost of discipleship uh, costs us stuff. And we are to lay our things aside and go and follow Jesus. But that's another sermon. Mini-sermon. Good sermon. There we go. Uh, And then she says, and she's told all the men of the city, could this be the Christ? Uh, You remember back in verse 25, the woman uh, said to Jesus, I know the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. So she knows who Messiah is, okay? And what does Jesus say to her? This is how we closed the sermon last week. He says, "I who speak to you now, I am he." So he's already told her that he's the Christ, but she needs to go get a second opinion and she says, "Hey, I'm going to get all the men of the city. They probably know better than me because I'm a girl. They're guys in that culture." No, it's not right in today's culture. But, uh, uh, so she wants to go get a second opinion. She says, could this be the Christ? And this is what verse 30 says. It says, then they went out of the city and came to him. Okay. Uh, This verse, put on your thinking cap. Everyone put your thinking cap on. okay? Okay. Everyone got the thinking cap on? This is like kindergarten style. Sam, do you guys have your kids put thinking caps on? Not in my class. Not in your class. Okay. But the thinking caps... The little listening here. So, all right, we got our thinking caps on. Now, imagine this. The woman goes back to the city. We're talking a city, okay? Um, and she says, hey, come, let's just check out this dude. He says he's the Christ. Let's go see. And the entire city now is making their way back to the watering pot. And this is cool. But something happens. Verse 31. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Now, why would the disciples be saying, Rabbi, eat? Where had the disciples been during this whole story? Yeah, they went into the city to go buy some food, okay? And Jesus says this in verse 32. He says, I have food to eat, which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, has he bought food? Has he have anything to eat? Okay, so Jesus once again, doing the whole thing that he did with Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus is like, what does that mean? And what he does with the girl, I have water that you will never thirst again. She's like, how are you going to get it down into the well? It's really deep. Jesus says to the disciples, well, the disciples are like, Jesus, I got you a McChicken, chicken. Let's eat. Jesus like, I have food you know not enough. The disciples are like, did, did he already have food? Did he sent us to go get food. Yeah, they're like, is there a Taco Bell just around the corner? Uh, and Jesus, once again, talking about a spiritual, deep theological thing, but using our understanding. And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for the harvest. And he who reaps receives his wages and gathers the fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this saying it is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap. That for which you have not laboured, and others have laboured, and you have entered in uh, to their labours verse thirty nine And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him, because of the words of the woman who testified, he told me all the things I have ever did. And so, when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and to stay there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed Christ, the Savior of the world. Great story. Great story, and uh, we could leave it at that if we wanted to, because it's really good. But I think there's some things that we can pull out of this, and we can apply them to our lives right away. Jesus, he, he says, I have food that you know not of. And uh, I think he would say the same thing to us. Uh, and so then the question would be, what is the food that Jesus has? Jesus answers that very plainly for us. Look at verse 34 with me, everybody. And it says this, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. What did Jesus say when Jesus was 12 years old and his mother said, Jesus, where have you been? Woman. He said, woman? No, that was when he turned water into wine. What does he say? What does he say? He says, yeah, didn't you know I'm supposed to be about my father's business? Mom, I'm, I'm about my father's business. And to those in the room, they're like, your father's a carpenter talking here in the stinking synagogue. Uh, that's not your father. But Jesus, his father is him who sent and, uh, is father god and jesus said i gotta do the work of my father um we as believers in jesus and followers of jesus we are to do the work of the father uh, and we are to uh fulfill what jesus had commanded us to do and that's go into all the world uh, jesus had commanded his disciples to go into uh, the city to get some food um uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more uh, as maybe a wake-up call for us. Uh, but Jesus said my will, uh, or, or, or my food is to do the will of the Father uh, and to finish his work. So, what Jesus is saying is, hey, the Father's work is not yet done, so I've got to be about my Father's business to do the work which he has for us. What is the will of the Father? To seek and to save the lost, and that none should perish, that all should have everlasting life so Jesus's work and subsequently now our work is to seek and to save the lost okay as a follower of Christ it is imperative that we seek and save the lost now do we do the saving? no we can't do the saving only the Holy Spirit does the saving but we are to seek out those who are lost and we are to tell them about Jesus we just started a, a Bible study on Monday mornings uh, this <laughs> last Monday. Uh, and we're talking about discipleship. It's all about what discipleship means, what discipleship is all about. And uh, discipleship, uh, literally, uh, discipleship comes from the word disciple. And a disciple connotates there is a master and there is an apprentice. And back in these times, what a disciple would do, uh, a disciple was someone who would drop everything and follow a rabbi. And when they would follow the rabbi, they would innately pick up the rabbi's traits and become like the rabbi. Maybe that's God calling on the phone. He's trying to get our attention. Um, so they would pick up the rabbi's uh, traits. Sam's going to go answer the phone. I love it. Um, and they would pick up the rabbi's traits. So Jesus, these disciples had been following Jesus for a little while. Uh, and Jesus told them to go into the city to gather the food. Um, this is what Jesus says in verse 35. I'm going to keep coming back to Jesus told the disciples to go into the town because I think there's something that's really important for us to pick up. And it's maybe a twist. Uh, I remember when I heard it for the first time, uh, I was like, whoa. Oh, that's... Uh, I never saw that in the story. Uh, and now every time I read this story, that is like the focal point of the story to me. So so, so, so we're going to get there in just a second. This is awesome. But verse 35, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, Do you not say that there are still four months and then comes the harvest? But behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look to the fields, for there are white and ready for the harvest. So Jesus told the disciples to go to the town to get food, right? Okay? And now they have returned from the, uh, the, the town to get food, but... In the whole interchange of the story, the woman talks to Jesus, the disciples are in the town. The disciples come back, and as they're coming back, the woman is leaving, okay? When they're talking to Jesus about this food, what is she doing? She's telling everybody in the city about Jesus. And so when the disciples are talking to Jesus, I can just imagine, because Jesus, they're talking about food, and Jesus doing his whole spiel of, okay, you don't understand what I'm talking about. I imagine that Jesus, when he told them to go into the town to go get food, has something to do with when he tells them about this food here. Because look at the whole narrative of the story. Jesus says, Lift up your eyes. So I see them talking to Jesus. Jesus is here talking to him. Disciples gathered around and they all are looking at Jesus. And Jesus says, Lift up your eyes and look and see the harvest is white and it is ready. So what do the disciples do? They look up and what do they see coming up the road? The city of that little Samaritan town. And they're coming up the road to hear from Jesus. And Jesus is saying, Hey, look, the harvest is right there. All those people, all those people, that is the work of the Father. They need to know who Jesus is. When I sent you to go get food, I'm sending you to go into that city and tell them about me, but you think I'm talking about food. I'm not hungry. I have food you know not of. And uh, and I just get this picture, uh, because Jesus, Jesus is always, always... Uh, uh, doing these cool little tricks. I mean, Jesus is awesome because he just does that stuff. But uh, the disciples, uh, they're like, I think, like me. If Jesus said, "We'll go get the food, uh, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go get you some food. Um, it was like last night. We had a little surprise birthday party for my mom, uh, and we had to stop at a location, and I had to go inside and get something. Hint, hint. Uh, and I actually went inside and got what I was told to get, but... Uh, I, I kind of missed the part of the surprise thing, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm supposed to get the pie also," uh, but I got the fake thing, and I, so I'm kind of like the disciples. I would have just been like, "Hey Jesus, I got you to make McChicken," uh, when really Jesus was like, can just "Tell people." I just imagine Jesus has this woman's going back down the road, and the disciples are coming up, and it's just the disciples. I can kind of see Jesus like here, like he's like, "Oh, there's disciples," and he looks, he's like, "They don't have any people with them. I told them to go get some food." And uh, I, I can just imagine Jesus like, ah, oh, teaching moment, one-on-one, disciples, I got another teaching moment for you. Because uh, Jesus always does this kind of stuff, uh, uh, it's- it's funny, I, I, I heard a story, uh, it's not biblical uh, by any means, but the principles uh, apply, uh, but it was just someone who was reading the scriptures uh, and studying Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry He's like, i got a little story that I made up that would probably be something Jesus would do. Uh, and he's like, one day Jesus was walking along the road with the disciples, and at one moment he said to the disciples, disciples, bend down and pick up a rock. Um, uh, and the disciples were like, oh, okay, Jesus disciples bend down and pick up a little rock uh, and they walk for another three or four hours and then they sit down by the lake and Jesus is like alright give me your rocks and disciples are like alright here you go Jesus and he turns the rocks into bread Uh, and there's these little crackers because they picked up little rocks they're like oh okay cool Jesus and they eat their crackers and then they get on the road Jesus says hey can you guys pick up a rock for me they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone goes and picks up the biggest boulder they can get. And he's like, Jesus, you going to turn this into a feast for me, right? And then they walk another, like, six hours and sit down at the lake. And Jesus says, all right, sit down your rocks. Um, and they sit down on the rocks. And I'm like, all right, Jesus, woo. And Jesus is like, all right, sit down. we got something to talk about. And uh, I'm like, oh. So they sit down on the rocks. And Jesus is like, uh, Jesus is like you guys... When it wasn't about you, it was about something I asked you, you you picked up something really little. But then when you thought you could get something out of it, you did as much as you could. I mean, that's a principle that Jesus would teach. And I, I was like, that's kind of something Jesus might do. I mean, it's not biblical, but it's a fun story. But that's what Jesus did. He turned every opportunity into a learning opportunity. And Jesus tells the disciples, hey, go into the village, tell people about me. They come back, they go, hey, we got food. Jesus is like, you missed the point. But what I love about Jesus is in every one of his situations, and not only with the disciples, but with us as well, when Jesus uh, gives us something and we kind of don't follow through on it, Jesus never uses that as a time to like crush us or be like, you are so dumb, uh, so dumb, what are you doing? Uh, Jesus always offers a moment of redemption, okay? And he always provides that redemption element. So what does he do? He doesn't just say, all right, disciples, you missed the point, watch and learn. And then goes and talks to the Samaritans. No, he says, hey, disciples, lift up your eyes and look what's coming up the road. The harvest. And it is ready for you to go complete the work that I have called you to do. And so I just get this picture that as the disciples are now seeing these people walk up, it clicks in the disciples' minds. Maybe it clicked in Peter's mind first, because Peter, you know, that rock dude, just a good guy. He's like, oh, John, James, let's go. That's the food. Let's go. And they run down and they like meet and greet the Samaritans like good greeters and volunteers at church would. And they get to know the people as they're coming back up the road to Jesus. And they all sit down. They have a relationship. And then Jesus uh, shares the word of the Lord with them. Verse 39 then goes on to say this. It says, And many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him, being Jesus, because of the word that the woman had testified. He told me all that I ever did. Here's the thing. We talked last week about Jesus sometimes reading our mail. Okay? Uh, When we have an experience and an encounter with Jesus, Uh, it doesn't have to be anything big or fancy. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Um, And Jesus uses every one of those experiences as a part of your testimony. Okay? So maybe you just were like praying... Uh, for the littlest thing and Jesus answered your prayer. That is a part of your testimony and that testimony will change people's lives. And you can tell people about it. Did you know it's okay to tell people what Jesus has done for you? It's okay to tell people what Jesus has done for you because you might think it's significant because, ooh, it happened to you, but on the big scale, you're like, no, I didn't like get my hand healed or anything like that. It was just, I found a penny on the side of the road when I needed one extra penny to make a dollar so I could pay for my parking. Cool, thanks, Jesus. And you might think it's just small and trivial, but to someone who is in need of hope, and you share that with them, that can change their life. Your testimony can change someone's life. This woman's testimony did, just didn't change someone's life. It changed what does it say? And many of the Samaritans of that city believed because of her testimony. Jesus didn't, like, heal her. Jesus didn't, like, give her sight again. Jesus didn't, like, raise something from the dead. He just said, hey, I know you don't have a husband. You've had five already and now you're sleeping around. And so that's, like, not something to be woo! Jesus, yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to go tell everyone. But just like, Jesus told me everything about me. And uh, it changed people's lives. So, each and every single one of you, if you put your faith in Jesus, you've got a testimony. Okay? If you put your faith in Jesus, you have a testimony. And that testimony is awesome. Read Ephesians chapter 2 to find out what the testimony is. You were dead in your trespasses. You were a child of wrath. And your ways were evil. And Christ changed that. And now because of what He has done in you, it is by grace you have been saved. Not by your works, it's a gift of God, less than anyone should boast. That's a testimony, and that's worth sharing. For the three of you guys that got baptized today, that's a testimony. And that testimony not only is something that you guys can take and cherish, but you can tell people, I was baptized. Ooh, what, what's that? Oh dying to the old man, raising the new with Christ. I mean, the swimmers, in their Speedos, I mean, these dudes were like 50-something, in their Speedos, with their caps on and their goggles, uh, he pops out of the water after we're done baptizing. He's like, that's the coolest thing ever. Go, God. I mean, that's a testimony. You guys, the three of you who got baptized today, your faithfulness to follow through, that testimony just impacted that guy's life. Who knows what is. his His friend maybe was a Christian, maybe he was, but he said, go God, go God, go God. And then his friend's like, well, speaking of go, we got to swim back across the river. So one was excited about it, one was maybe awkwarded out. But your guys' testimony just made opportunity for a conversation there. You guys see what I'm saying? There, every single testimony that you have, and I would say we probably all have more than just we're saved by grace, which is the greatest testimony of all. But I'd say we all have little testimonies that happen maybe even on a daily basis, share those testimonies with somebody because they will change lives. It's also like planting seeds, right? Okay. What does he say just a few verses earlier? He says, hey, some plant the seeds, some sow the seeds, some water, but someone's going to reap. Maybe they're different people, maybe they're not, but there's this whole process of you casting out seeds. Maybe you share a testimony and they don't get changed right on the spot, but 30 years, 40 years down the road, something happens, and they remember that testimony, and they're like, Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus then does a work in their lives. Really cool stuff, testimonies, great, I love it. Um, Let us continue just a little bit more. Verse 40 says this, So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. So, Jesus stays in the city for two days, uh, and has a good time. Okay? Hangs out with the Samaritans. I don't know how the Samaritans did their thing, but it was great. I'm sure it was an awesome party. Jesus was in the house. Um, Just a fun little history side note. You guys want a little history side note? Yeah. Okay. So... There's an early document uh, from the first century called the Didache. Everyone say Didache. Didache. Okay. And uh, it is the teaching of the twelve apostles. Okay. Uh, it is a historical document that the early church used. It predates some of the books that you have in your Bible. Okay. And it talked about uh, Jesus' ministry. Great, great things. And here's one of the funny <laughs> things that they picked up on. They used this verse in here to form a theology. That when speakers, like apostles, are going around and preach it. Uh, if they want to stay in your city more than two days, they're a false teacher, because Jesus only stayed for two days. Fun little history thing. So, if ever you have a guest speaker come around and ask to stay at your house more than two days, he might be false. Kick him out. No, no, I'm just joking. Uh, but that's just a fun history. I don't even know why I said it Side fact, it's fun, I like it. Uh, the Didache, if you ever want to read it, it's free online, and it's awesome. There is some D-I-D-A-C-H-E. Uh, it's great. It is very good. Yes, yes, I I will send you guys all a link to it if you want. It, it, is, it is very, very cool. Uh, and it's what the early church used. It's what the early church used. It's early church used. It's some really cool stuff. But now we're back to Scripture, because that's God read, the Didache is not... Um, but this is what it says in verse 41. It says, and more believe because of his own word. Here's the thing. Where did Jesus go? People believe in Jesus. So where did Jesus go 2,000 years ago? He went back up into heaven. But what did he send to us? The Holy Spirit. And now he has taken up residence inside of us. So, this is how we can now look at this verse. Where we go, people will be saved. If we are about our Father's business. If we are doing the work that He has called us to do, and if uh, we want to see His work finished. okay, There's a reason why we're still here on earth, because His work is not yet finished. okay. And so now you, having the Spirit of the living God living inside of you, now wherever you go, you can claim that land for Jesus, and the people, wherever you go, can have an opportunity to experience the love of Christ through you. And so, I'm going to read this last verse, and then the encouraging word for the night, and then we're going to go fellowship. How does that sound? This is what the last verse says. It says, Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not only because of what you have said, but because we have heard him, and we know that he is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So here's the thing. In our day-to-day lives, as humans, as Americans, as young adults, we have a lot of things on our plate. Some of you are starting school next week. Uh, Some of us have full-time jobs. Uh, Some of us are doing both. Um, Lots of things. We have families. We have cars. How many of you guys have bills to pay? Taxes to pay? Uh, you got a smartphone or flip phone? uh, Laptops, TVs. There's a lot of things to fill our time with. Uh, And we can use those things as excuses or when we go to places like a coffee shop, when we go to a place like a restaurant, uh, we can sit down uh, and because now everything's quieted down and we're just like, all right, now's the time for me to relax. And we just kind of zone out. Have have any of you guys ever zoned out in a coffee shop before? Yeah, I've zoned out in a coffee shop. I think if you haven't zoned out, you're lying to yourself. Uh, We zone out and uh, uh, those are great opportunities for us. To go and tell people about Jesus. I, I was in a, a coffee shop the last two days. Uh, both times, uh, was able to share Jesus with people there in the coffee shop, uh, making the most of the, every opportunity. Today it was really cool, uh, because in the coffee shop at the same time I was there, were three other pastors from three different churches uh, all within our city. It was really fun. It was like there was a pastor here, pastor here, pastor here, pastor here. So really, uh, you couldn't walk. You couldn't walk into Starbucks and not see a pastor uh, and know that oh, there's a Jesus thing going on here. It was really cool. Um, but you have a workplace, okay? Yeah, you're supposed to work, but you are. Let's use Sam for example. You work at a day school, preschool thing. Uh, so Sam's a preschool teacher, day school teacher. Uh, But that's not her first role. She's a Christian that teaches preschool and day school. So, when we switch that around, and be like, alright, Jesus first, then my occupation. Now, every conversation you have is an opportunity to share the love of Christ. So, maybe you're like Olivia and you work at a federal uh, place, and you probably legally can't talk about Jesus. Well, here's the thing. Jesus, he just shared love, and he used everyday situations. To hey, put these principles in. And he's given us these examples. So, all this being said, uh, Jesus made the most of every opportunity, and his disciples needed the little kick in the pants. Okay? They needed, all right, let's go, come on. And uh, I think Jesus is like that with us today also. Uh, because I think if Jesus told us to go get food, we'd bring back some fish and bread for him. Uh, and he's like, where are the people? That's that's Excellent. what I really wanted you to do. And uh, and so Jesus would be saying, hey, Ecclesia Young Adults Group, the 14 of us who are here tonight, uh, lift up your eyes and look. The harvest is ready. It's white and it is ripe and it is ready to be reaped. Go into all the world and tell people about me. And so, short and sweet, I told you it was going to be sweet uh, because I think Jesus' word is On point, to the point, every time. It was short. short. That was only 29 minutes. That is 15 minutes shorter than the previous time I was short. So that's good. Uh, Let's pray, uh, and then we'll hang out. We'll go from this place, and we'll have some fellowship. Dear God, we just thank you so much. Uh, God, we thank you that your word is perfect. Uh, God, that everything you do is perfect. Uh, God, and you have given us this perfect word. Uh, God, and I pray that we would take this perfect word and we would apply it to our lives perfectly. Uh, the cliche is uh, practice makes perfect, uh, but God, I thank you for my band teacher who told me practice doesn't make perfect, only perfect practice makes perfect. And God, we pray that we would uh, continually be perfected, uh, God, in how we live our lives for you, God, and that your word would perfect us. And God that when we would stumble We would listen to your correction God and we thank you for in all of your correction There's always a redeeming aspect God and then we can take that redemption And go apply it uh, right away God we pray that in everything we do God we would make you the focus God whether it be our job Whether it be while we're at school uh, God may it even be in our normal Zone out moments God may we not zone out uh, But may we zone in on what you would have us to do So, God, we thank you, and we praise you. Go with us as we go from this place tonight. We pray all these things in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.